You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home Abroad and coming up here in Ottawa, starting running from the 13th of August to the 21st of August, there is the Bingham Cup, which is a LGBTQ plus rugby tournament. And there are 83 clubs which uh, feature 148 teams and they're coming from 20 countries. And that includes Ireland. And there's two teams coming from Ireland with an entourage of officials, um, the ones who are able to give advice and tell those on the field what to do. Uh, and then there's some of the guys who actually have to go out and do what they're told on the field and try, try and be yeah. successful. And I have Richie Fagan with me here and Gary Gone, and they're both in Dublin, uh, bags packed, getting ready to come and uh, arrive in Ottawa so as that they can participate in the um, Bingham Memorial Tournament. Um, Richie and uh, Gary, first of all, thanks a million for coming along. And delighted thanks for having us. Guys. And one of you, who wants to come in and tell me the history of the tournament and uh, how it has evolved and the international interest that has developed in this, that there's so many countries that are represented and so many teams. I suppose, yeah, I'll, I'll come in. Um, awesome. That's, that's uh, Richie. Richie uh, here. Thanks, Richie. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, it, it started out in 2002. Um, I think we're, this will be the 10th tournament that or Bingham Cup, uh, named after Mark Bingham, who uh, tragically died uh, on one of the aircraft in the 9-11 uh, attacks. Um, uh, he, you know, it was a tournament named after him. He uh, was involved with the uh, San Francisco Fogs. I think he was one of the um, founding members then of the Gotham Knights uh, team in New York. Um, uh, so the tournament, yep, yeah, set up 2002. We hosted it ourselves in 2008 here in Dublin. Um, and it was kind of, it was, it, Big first for us in Dublin, and, and I think at the time, uh, a founding member of our club, Richie White, he was part of the organising group or the main driver of it back then, um, and it was you know pretty pretty big occasion for Dublin at that time. And uh, we've the last time we played the Bingham Cup was in Amsterdam. Uh, we had three teams participate uh, in yeah 2018. It was a uh, with some great some fantastic memories. And we finished quite well. We've we've definitely grown ourselves as a club since then, and and we're very uh, lucky to be able to bring over two teams now this year uh, over to yourselves in Ottawa. So, Richie, when you talk two thousand and eight, um, how many teams came in at that stage, or how many countries were represented? Uh, given that we're now about fourteen years, sixteen years later, that was early yeah. on. Yeah, I think at, at that time there was, uh, from memory, now I didn't play in it in 2008, but I do know that there was about 800 players at that time. And it was the largest, you know, every year it's, it's, it's incremental how much it's, it's growing. And we ourselves hosted a European version of that in 2019. And we had over, we close to 1500 players play at that, uh, who came in from all over, you know, all over Europe. Um, so that just to give you a kind of a gauge from yeah okay 2008 there was six seven hundred players and then where it's come to now where it's it's a bit of a beast of an operation. Uh, so yeah, 
I'm looking at, when I think of those terms then, how would you just logistically, over, as is the case in Ottawa, it's looking at eight days, but how logistically, even back then in Dublin, would you manage to field the number of games that you do? You must have need where were you out of UCD and a whole, you would have had to use a whole combination of locations. Yeah, no, and we were very lucky that we kind of turned um, DCU into the, like our own hub, our own kind of, uh, we took over the campus completely. Um, there was five pitches. Uh, we were very lucky to have our federation uh, come in and join and kind of help run the operation. So the RFU came in and helped us run the whole thing. And we were, you know, I, I know in 2008 and also in 2019, we had kind of brought in uh, like top tiered sponsors that were all kind of, you know, with great DNA, DNI in um, in diversity inclusion, but also in rugby. So uh, they came on board. So between the partners and the federation and incredible members in our club, uh, we were able to pull off like a, a pretty phenomenal tournament right. both in 2008 and 2019. So the draw for, um, I, I, I presume it's a knockout format. It couldn't be a league because just be, as you say, it's a beast as it is. So it would need to be yeah. some form of knockout. But if I see 148 teams, um, I don't know how many tam- games does that take to narrow it down to where you get to a final. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, Gary, you can correct me because I know Gar- Gary's been, like, he's part of the big organizing group and he's doing incredible work in the background. But, like, we'll have, like, we'll definitely, we'll be guaranteed two games a day. They're 20 minute halves. Um, and then we'll, like, we'll pull down into, like, hopefully we'll make it into the fifth day. I'm right in saying that, Gary. Kind of three into four, uh, so three into four days. So we're guaranteed three days of uh, three days of matches um, on the next Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, um, and then the finals um, uh, will be held on the Sunday. So guaranteed of at least two on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I think from the timing wise, so far, obviously they haven't done the draw yet, but. Uh, Timing-wise, matches are kicking off and running from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So it's a it's a full hard slog for for the day. Um, you might have a couple of hours break in between your matches, but um, yeah, it's a it'll be a pretty intense couple of days. And I think this this year um, is the first year where they've spread it out onto uh, having that extra day. And um, previously, it would have been a, a lot more intense um, with. Uh, uh, Two two and a half days of um, pool play, and then your finals. Then on the on the last half, so they've got, they've opted to go for the uh, more spread out um, uh, more spread out um, format this year, um, kind of lending itself to because the tournament has grown so much uh, year on year. I'm looking here at the schedule and uh, the. Um... Draws on Monday the 15th, and also on Monday the 15th, I see you have team practices at a place called the Hornet's Nest. And the Hornet's Nest is about um, 500 metres from where I'm sitting at the moment. Oh, really? Wow. Um, It's a a fantastic um, facility. Of um, it's mainly soccer, but there's some I think thirteen soccer it's pitches there nice. and a, a huge dome. So I know now I'm going to get to see you guys on on Monday. Uh, I'll be able to drop by. Uh, you're there from Brilliant. nine a.m. to five p.m. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, and then I see you have team practice again on uh, Tuesday. And you're back at the Hornets Nest on Tuesday as well. Yeah, so that's where that's where the um that's where the tournament play uh will be based. Um the the Hornets Nest primarily and then I think the other um venue is the uh Schofield or Scoffest. Um it's close enough to the Hornets Nest. So I'm I'm probably botching the their pronunciation. Well, no, of I'm, it. I'm I'm looking here and see that's Monday the twenty second, see where you're closing parties now. Uh, oh you're a T D place for that, okay. Mm, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's good. So you're out this side the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're staying, so most of the um, most of the accommodation and this uh, kind of similar to what Richie mentioned earlier with uh, Dublin City University. University campuses lend themselves very well to to these type of tournaments that they have all the accommodation on site. They have the playing pitches, and they're kind of affiliated that way so we'll be based out of the University of Ottawa um for the for the ten days while we're over there um, and that's where most uh, most teams will be based out of any registration or kind of that'll be the central hub. So um if if you're looking for anyone involved um in, in the tournament you'll you'll find us all floating around the university. Uh, yeah, well for, I'll find I'll the... find you at the Hornet's Nest. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So <laughs> um, so yeah, the two full teams. How mm. are I? So I used to play with um, Monkstown before I emigrated, and then moved down. And I played with Tullamore. Um, but they, the way the structure was was, of course, there was first, seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, and I was happy to get on the thirds. Um, I never made it past the past thirds. I did make it to the seconds once in in Tullamore, um, but um, how the two teams you guys are you in that type of a first and seconds as well? Or so we we actually uh, uh, we actually call our teams uh, the uh, green team and the navy team, um, and our navy team would be more of a like a developmental squad. Um, okay. uh, it just the the I suppose the type of club that we are. We people who never played rugby before, never picked up a rugby ball, and we. Um, more experience, and we'd have uh, just on, on to pick up on that. We'd have like, if you're like me, you were ancient, and um, so you know we we'd uh, feel we'd pool quite well or collaborate quite well with kind of you know older and beginners in with the players that we bring through in our pathway that go into the navy team. Right. The Greens would be you know our first um an incredible group like their navy incredible players. Uh, Gary is on our first. All right, Gary's on our green team. I'll be on the navy team. Okay. Um, and uh, we've we've put it. I suppose Gary, correct me if I'm wrong as well. But we've it's but this time going into this tournament, we we genuinely feel we've put in preparation that we've not put in before in terms of even the mental fitness as well as the physical fitness. Right. Yeah. We have we've, been, we've we've really thought of the holistic approach um, this year of the complete mind and body. We lo- we lost you briefly there for a second, Gary, and uh, Richie jumped I, in and I, picked it up. I, you froze, you froze terrible, on terrible, it. Ter- terrible reception here. No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. So um, I'll be the one that's walking through with the um, the pride and glory Irish jersey on when you see some stranger that you don't recognize. I'll, I'll pull it out. I'll wear that one. Uh, so when I come Excellent. looking for we you down there. We can't, we can't wait to see you. <laughs> um, so... A bit of background on the formation of the club. When was the club set up in Dublin? When did you guys form? So 2003, right. uh, the club was set up with just five 
uh, five guys set it up and literally was, you know, taking rugby practice to um, just, you know, a park green area using the floodlights of a car, you know, to light up in the wintertime. Um, and then, you know, when I joined the club back in 2012, we, you know, it, it had grown to a stage where we had like 40, 50 members. And then we have been diversifying the club itself, but also like there's been so many changes in rugby as well and rugby offering. So um, like we're primarily non-contact, but we do offer a non-contact. We're primarily full contact. We do offer a non-contact part of the club, but we're now up to 200 plus members. And that's, you know, male and female or, you know, identifying male, identifying female. Um, So, you know, going from, I suppose, five members in 2003 to now 200 plus members in um, 2022 um, and uh, an amazing group, you know, diverse, not alone in in age or sexuality, but diverse, enriched in culture. Like we have some incredible players from whether it be, you know, like Brazil, um, you know, Mexico or all over Europe. And so we really do pride ourselves on being one of the most inclusive clubs in Ireland. And we will continue to do that as we, you know, bring more even, you know, female identifying uh, members to the club. Now, I didn't at the top of the intro get put it out there. What do you call yourselves? What's the name of the club? Yeah, so we're the Emerald Warriors. Um, okay. And we're we're based primarily in uh, Rakhgar, but we also, we, we we train a little bit, maybe sometimes out in Grange Gorman. So um, we would, on the full contact side, we're based in Rakhgar in uh, the high school there. Right. Um, and then for our non-contact, that's over two parts of both north and south of the city, um, so we're, we're quite spread. But it, it gives a you know great options for players to like. Sometimes if you can't make full contact training, you might go over to non-contact, and we call yeah. our non-contact crew Nisha. Nisha stands for Young Warrior, uh, and it can be either a male or female. So that covers and that beautifully describes the type of people that come through on the non-contact side. Right. And then obviously on the full contact side, we have like a green and our Navy team and we have a development team because we like have a pathway program that, as Gary mentioned earlier, for anyone who has never played rugby before, that we bring them through. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of our offering. So um, within the normal Leinster branch uh, or Connacht branch or whatever, you would have the league club rugby. Um are you guys part of the Leinster branch in that, that you, you're playing Wanderers, you're playing um, Turnure or any of those St. Mary's? Absolutely. Yeah, we are. Uh, they're all great friends and pals of ours, all those clubs you've mentioned. Um, and we, you know, we've played Monkstown several times. Um, uh, we used to be based in uh, St. Mary's for quite a while. Um, but yeah, we're in the Leinster Metro League. And um, we really enjoy it with the two teams within that league and we've been crawling up that league in division uh, every year also uh, I think it's fair to say isn't it Gary and then yeah we, I think we've gone from strength to strength um, uh, between the different uh, between the different divisions which is uh, it's um, a, a huge positive for the club um, especially coming out of two years of uh, two years of COVID and not playing any um, leagues or anything like that to to still be climbing and improving and having new new members come in who have never never played before um and have them play their first match and experience that 
that club atmosphere um it's it's uh, phenomenal so then in any outside of the emerald warriors are there any other clubs around the country that are specifically lgbtq um or, yeah so yeah. in in the i i, I Richie, you're back. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, uh, there are. Like, so uh, recently enough, there's a new team formed down in Cork, which is, you know, it's fantastic to see and we we really encourage it. We have a team um, in Belfast. They've been around for quite a while. And now recently um, in Limerick, uh, there is a a, a club starting up and we've been... um, in the background, supporting them hugely, involved in early conversations. They've been, you know, really hitting us up for advice and um, we've been supporting where we can. So, like, it's really encouraging to see that these type of clubs, you know, inclusive clubs um, are, 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 you know, we're not just the only one we were for several years, but now, like, like to say that we have four on the island of Ireland now is, it's really encouraging for us because it, it, if anything, it, it, really helps us amplify our messaging and um it, we're really seeing it on the membership side you know so i'm chatting with two people here who are identifying as male How, what are the are there female or those who identify as female uh, teams out there as well because i know down in montreal like there's women's rugby down there and um uh so and in my time in Ireland, it was only ma- it was a male sport, and that was it. The same as even then, I think GAA was really only Gaelic football. Back, I'm gone. I'm gone 34 years at this stage, so <laughs> I know it's been yeah. a lot of change. Yeah, um, uh, we're seeing like that from the women's side. It's really encouraging. There's been a huge amount of effort put in uh, on the federation side to make sure that the visibility for women in rugby and women in sport is, you know, increasing. They've been, you know, and we've been setting the targets. Like if you look at like the numbers that were at the women's All Ireland final this year, it was a record number and yeah. it was a phenomenal final. Um, in the same way with the women's game and the rugby side, we ourselves are very focused on that. We make sure that we're supporting the the, the the female side of our, the, the women's side of our uh, club, like any time there's, you know, they're playing, there's a huge amount of us down supporting, et cetera, and, and it works both ways. Yeah. And um, and we've seen the importance of that type of diversity within our club. And um, so, yeah, no, it, it's, the numbers are encouraging. They're going up and up. Um, and we've kind of got, you know, with the numbers in our club at the moment, it's the highest they have ever been in terms of for number of women in the club, and um, so yeah, it, it's it, it's a big focus on from all sports in, in the country. But you know, it's really encouraging to see how how well it's going from the women's side, in particular, and the rugby side. We've also like our director of rugby is Juliet Short. She's ex Leinster, ex Ireland international, and um, she's come into the coaching ticket with phenomenal coaches that we have there, and has really and. Um, it's been really encouraging. It's had a massive impact in terms of in, on, on even on the men's side of our our game, and so we're all about it. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to wrap up with you guys. I'm looking forward to meeting you when you arrive down at the Hornet's Nest. Um, Likewise. <laughs> and if anyone wants information, uh, 
the games they're not out as um um the Ottawa where the Ottawa Irish Rugby Club play which is way out of the city um and uh, it but it's is within the city environs so you're looking at the Hornets nest and you're looking at the University of Ottawa so there's easily accessible and um there's lots of parking for the Hornets nest uh, I know normally when the competitions are on there that they quarry across the road, they open up the gates and they let parking happen there. You can get full information at www.binghamcup, that's B-I-N-G-H-A-M, cup.com. Uh, runs August 13th to the 21st is the full date of it. And as the guys, Richie and Gary, have identified, as the weekend progresses, you get closer towards the final and get towards uh, uh, more and more, uh, the the intensity will happen. Uh, but as Richie and Gary both say as well, that initially, the when the schedule comes out, you're playing twenty minutes a game, uh, twenty minute side games until it gets up towards the final. So uh, we'll try and we'll keep through social media. We'll keep you posted on the times when we see the schedule. Richie and Gary, I want to thank you both for taking the time. As I say, I'm looking forward to seeing you when you get here and meeting with you and, and your teammates and colleagues. Brilliant. Awesome. Likewise. And thank you for thank your you time so and this opportunity.